0: consider supporting this podcast by becoming a patron on Patreon. Even one dollar can go a long way in supporting this content that you enjoy. Look for a link over at the batmanuniverse.net to offer your support now. And now, on with the show. This is Jordan from Smallville, Batcat Cat Shipper. This is, um, what, what number is this, Tim? Um, episode 158. Yeah, ep- this is episode 158. Um, and welcome, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> kind of weird now. I'd yeah, to I say know, the whole uh, intro now that you heard it at the beginning of this episode. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I, I don't know what to say here, Tim. Besides, <laughs> uh, I hope you enjoy this episode. This is your first time listening I hope um, It isn't too bad Right?
1: Hey, 150 episodes in now How bad could it be? (laughs) (laughs) We wouldn't be going this long if it was an absolute train wreck, right? (laughs) Yeah, I guess I guess
0: Um, But let's just get right to it, Tim Uh, Let's just do our Dark Knight Rises Minute by Minute commentary Um, We're going from minute uh, I believe uh, 106 is that correct, Tim? Mm hmm. To 107.
1: Right? That is right. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Or at least on my counter, it's one an hour and 46 minutes. So. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah.
0: 146, yeah. Uh, the hour and 46th minute mark. Um, so, so just grab your DVD, grab your HD DVD, grab your Laserdisc, grab your um, uh, beta tape, Betamax uh grab your blu ray uh grab your netflix physical subscription uh subscription grab your blockbuster video subscription i mean um member card <laughs> um gra- and finally tim it's our favorite one yes it is grab your v h s to DVD converted <laughs> version <laughs> of this film for some reason.
1: That's the reason. That's the version I'm watching right now. Yeah.
0: <laughs> that, that, that's what I do for all my favorite movies, Tim. I buy yeah. the VHS copies and I <laughs> copy it to DVD.
1: <laughs> um, so, so, they so they should funny. have. They oh, should yeah. have. You know how have different programs to upscale certain things. They should have a downscale where if you have like a DVD or Blu-ray, downscale it to VHS quality and then yeah yeah right. <laughs> we'll keep watching that
0: i think they do like 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 some uh video editing uh, equipment or whatever mm-hmm. i think they do have that special effect feature where you okay. can make it look like you know film like, like you're using film or you're using you know you're you're watching a vhs copy
1: oh that's true it. you're right because sometimes like these fan videos make certain like like tra- like I know Star Wars trailers, how it would be in 1980 and it has that old like VHS quality feel to it or something, something to that effect that makes it look vintage like 1980s or early 90s.
0: Wow, really? And people enjoy yeah. that? I mean, people like that experience?
1: I get to see what it would be like watching like the, the Solo trailer back if it was coming out in the mid-80s or early 90s, something like no. that.
0: So. <laughs> <laughs> so are you sick of uh, talking about Solo yet?
1: I won't say I'm sick of it, but I will say I think I've said everything I need to say about it now. There's not much more I can add to it, I would think. I have to say, Tim,
0: uh, unfortunately, uh, I mean, I hate to say it, but um, my parents saw it, Mm. and they didn't like it. Um, Yeah, uh, I mean, I tried to convince them, like, oh, you know, this is just, you know— just like a one-off kind of thing, and you know, it's, it's it's not really part of the new films. And they're like, "Nah, we don't really like it."
1: So I tried uh-huh. tim Yeah, well, <laughs> you did your part, Dane. At least they saw it because that's the yeah. problem: not a lot of people are going to see it. <laughs> so at least they gave it a shot.
0: Um, but yeah. Anyway, uh let's see. The Dark Knight Rises. One minute, minute. of The Dark Knight Rises. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so I'm gonna give the content. Tim, are you ready? Let's do it. All right, three, two, one, hit play. See the tumbler.
1: Selena's entering what used to be, I think, a fancy mm-hmm. <laughs> apartment or place of living for Gotham's elite. Yeah, why is she in there? Uh, did we get the scene already where like, everyone was taking over, like dragging the rich out of their helms and everything? I think we have to if they're right at this part already, yeah. but we've done so many, <laughs> losing <laughs> track of where things are taking place. <laughs> things are moving along in this minute. I mean, we got Selena and we got the John Blake sending a note to the GCPD who are trapped under the sewer. Why don't they try to get that sewer grade off? <laughs> climb out. They, they probably know Bane has eyes everywhere. His tumblers are watching. He probably wouldn't get very far if they got out there. Oh uh, yeah, that's true. Blake's back to the place where he grew up, the young Boys center. I forget the exact name of it though, but, uh, St. Uh,
0: yeah. Crubbins? Crubbins or
1: something? I want to say St. Swivens, but I know Swivins. that's Swivens,
0: yeah. Then, no, that's it, it I think.
1: It, no, is it? I think because so. Because I'm thinking it's a line from The Simpsons. Bart, I don't know if you remember the episode where Bart broke his leg and he uh, he's like stuck in his room and he starts writing a play and he says... Uh, says the word like, Saint Swiven's Day or something like that <laughs> that's the I, I, line I that popped that. in my head
0: <laughs> I could have swore that that's what that was uh,
1: if it is the same then <laughs> that's a pretty funny coincidence
0: <laughs> well I mean if it's, if, if it's a saint right then yeah. <laughs> I, mean, I guess they can <laughs> use it uh, but anyway yeah that's our Dark Knight Rises minute by minute commentary so make sure of course that you tune in for, for the next episode to, to see what happens then Um, But uh, now we can move on to our future topic. So, Tim, why don't you tell everybody about our future topic for this episode?
1: Well, what I wanted our future topic to be didn't end up happening. Sad to say, because I was hoping uh, we just had E3 this past week and that Rocksteady, I mean, there was rumors that Rocksteady is going to show the new game that is rumored to be Superman or Justice League inspired game. But sadly, Rocksteady was a no-show at E3. And we have nothing to talk about as far as a new game <laughs> for Rocksteady, unfortunately. But we still had E3. So I thought we could talk about some of our favorite games that were shown at E3 and what we're most excited for coming out in the future in the world of gaming, despite a lack of a DC presence this year. I know we've been kind of been spoiled the last few years with the Arkham games and Injustice. So with this year, there really wasn't too much. But doesn't mean there's no good games coming out for those who enjoy playing video games. So uh, I guess I'll go ahead and ask you first, Dane. Uh, what game stood out to you? Or I guess what, how would this E3 overall was for you? Was there enough new games that got you excited for what's coming down the pipeline?
0: You know, not really. I mean, I don't know what I expected from it. Maybe like, um, uh, maybe like some variety. You know, mm. not not just your Black Ops Four, right? you know, not just the division two. I just thought that there would be, I mean, maybe I didn't look deep enough into, uh, the, the E3 videos or whatever, but like, it's, it's, it's just the same old, same old, you know? I mean, I, I guess the game I'm most, uh, excited for, which doesn't have a release date yet, unfortunately is, um, the last of us two. I don't know if you mm-hmm. saw that gameplay yeah. trailer, mm-hmm. uh The graphics look really good. The story. (laughs) What is that?
1: The graphics look amazing.
0: Yeah, yeah. Like everybody's talking about the the kiss, how how Mm -hmm. it looks so realistic. Like like, apparently it's really hard to um, animate two people kissing.
1: And, yeah, the Mass Effect games are a good example of that. Oh, really? <laughs> or it doesn't look that great sometimes.
0: But. Oh, they just put like their face up to the other yeah. <laughs>
1: Especially the first one.
0: <laughs> yeah, like you can see like the lips moving and stuff, and it's really interesting. I mean, I I, I, I never really thought that before. Um, and of course, I mean, it looks so brutal, like way, yeah, way, way, way more brutal than the um, uh, the the first game. And kind of expected it with the uh, the first trailer that they released. It's a it's really really brutal trailer, and if you haven't seen it, you should, you should watch it. Um, but besides that, um, oh, I know the 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 samurai one, the uh, Ghost of yeah. Tsushima, is it called?
1: Yeah, Ghost of Tsushima. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Tsushima. That was a nice surprise. Yeah, that looked really cool.
0: That game looks beautiful, like, like with the the samurai and like the. Um, Sort of like the floral landscapes that they have. Yep. Yeah, that mm. game looks... It, that, that game looks good. The fighting style reminds me, oddly enough, of the Arkham games. You know when you're fighting as Batman?
1: Mm-hmm, yeah.
0: It sort of has that same feeling. And like when uh, the samurai is uh, running, kind of looks the same.
1: Um yeah, because the developer is Sucker Punch, she's done The Infamous and Sly Cooper games, which I really like. Yeah. I just like the variety of game styles they do, because this looks totally different <laughs> from those ones. But they yeah. just keep up in their ante as far as graphics, though, because you're right. This looks absolutely beautiful. The environments. Yeah. This looks, looks stunning seeing it on there.
0: One thing I didn't need for that um, gameplay reveal or whatever is the two-minute... Um, uh, flute solo <laughs> in the beginning of it. I didn't really need that. I was like, okay, this is going on for a little too long.
1: <laughs> yeah, and I, you know, what, now that you mentioned it, I'll just go ahead and bring up how lame that part of Sony's press conference was, where yeah. you first started <laughs> off they're trying to immerse you into the experience of the games, where they start off everyone's in the tent, of the church, to where you the beginning of the Last of Us Two trailer begins. Once yeah. that's over, they got to take. All the audience members out of that room. Bring them into another location. So that takes like 15 to 20 minutes. So after the Last of Us Two trailer, they cut to like, like a post game show type thing. We got two guys from Sony talking about that, just killing time before the audience can get into the next, uh, you know arena or yeah. theater where they're going to have the press of the press comments. I'm going go, man, is this how the whole show is going to be? Like after the show goes to the Tsushima trailers, they're going to take everyone out of there and bring them into another room and then we're going to have another musical <laughs> or, <laughs> performance. Or you know what it seemed like?
0: It seemed like what they were doing is, okay, so we're going to show The Last of Us 2. We're going to have the panel. Let's get everybody out. And then we're going to set up, same stage, we're going to set up for a ghost of Tsushima. Isn't that what it kind of felt like?
1: Pretty much, yeah. yeah.
0: And then, and then yeah. they had the, the, like you said, the panel or that, you know, those two guys. So.
1: Yeah, it just didn't work. And I, it killed the momentum. Like, <laughs> thankfully, after, you know, the Ghost of Tsushima trailer, they just kept pouring out the trailers for the rest of the show. But yeah, thankfully, I hope they don't do that again for next year. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, just give them, you know little props for trying something new. I'm sure that's, it's kind of hard to do now after doing so many of these press conferences. but I don't think this one quite worked the way they wanted to, unless they, they have a way to speed it up quicker <laughs> to yeah. get it. audience members at a different location. But if they can't, might as well just stick with the regular formula, how they do things.
0: But, you know, besides that, besides, uh, last of us two and ghosts of, uh, Tsushima, um, yeah, nothing really, um, I expected more from Nintendo. I know they made the big announcement of, uh, uh, Smash Brothers, but yeah, it uh, really doesn't different. really, <laughs> doesn't really impress me. Uh, Bethesda, not really excited for fallout 70. Is it 76, 86? I think it's, 76? I think
1: it's 76. Yeah.
0: yeah. I don't know. Cause I'm looking at a uh, wonder woman, 1984. I'm thinking, <laughs> 86, you know, um, so, yeah, not not anything from Bethesda, not anything it's, really from EA.
1: Yeah, it's funny. Bethesda is like the one press conference I usually don't ever watch because I never play their games. It's just that I know they're great games, although yeah. I just never like Fallout. I've never played. I never played, you know, the Doom games or and what was it? They have another big one. Uh, Elder oh, the Scrolls. Elder Scrolls. Yeah, yeah, I've never played those either, even though. Everyone keeps saying like Skyrim is one of the greatest games ever, but
0: yeah, I, I'm I'm kind of on the same boat with you. I do play them, like I played uh, Elder Scrolls Skyrim, I played Fallout Four, is it? Yeah, Fallout Four. Mm-hmm. Um, the problem with those kind of games, uh, the, those Bethesda open world do what you want games, is it gets super boring after a while. There's a lot of walking around to different things if mm-hmm. you don't have the checkpoint. Um, and you just get bored after a while. I think it's a, you make your own adventure kind of thing. And it's, uh, it it, it makes me long for a single player story rich Mm. game, you know, (laughs) where I don't have to go search every single point on the map, um, from all the way up north to south, just to continue one part of the beginning of the intro of the story you know <laughs> mm, yeah <laughs> so yeah besides that nothing really how about you
1: yeah for me i was kind of in the same boat as you as far as like especially like for new newer ips or games nothing stood out to me that got me really excited except you know the ghosts of i'm of the name, and yeah. uh the other one from ea called anthem that's from bioware and being a huge mass effect fan and knowing that kind of the main guys who were on mass effect one of the guys uh casey hudson i believe his his name is he left bioware but now he came back to finish on the game anthem and so the fact that he was kind of the brains behind mass effect so the fact that he's back has me excited for that game it looks cool i like the concept of you know it's a co-op game but they're really focusing on story in that game where you don't see that too much in co-op and the suits that you wear look really cool too so that's that one and the Ghost of Tsushima are probably the only two new IPs that were shown. But the stuff that I'm excited about, anyway. Hey Tim, can but, I ask you a question about Anthem? Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, yeah, di- didn't really impress me.
0: It, is it like a Battlefront where it's sort of well, like everybody's on a one map and you gotta, you know?
1: No, it's not like that at all. Really, it's mm-hmm. only pretty much just a four player co op game. But like I said, you're on a. They're trying to make it where you're playing a single player story but you're able to play it with, with friends if you want to. And you don't even have to. I mean, you can go solo yeah. if you want, but it would be more fun and more helpful too if you had companions to play it with. So that's why I'm really excited about it, where the focus is on story and not mainly the multiplayer aspect of it, but it's there if you want it. Oh, so it's like an online game. If you want it to be. I mean, oh, it doesn't yeah. have to be if, if you just want to play it by yourself. So I see. So yeah, those two... But I got to say the stuff that really got me excited are franchises I I really like or licensed products that I really like because Kingdom Hearts 3, I can't wait for that game. I mean, there, unfortunately, they said it was supposed to be out this year, but at E3 they announced or actually at a Kingdom Hearts Orchestra concert the day before E3, they announced the release date for it, which is January 2019. So they couldn't keep their 2018 release window, but it's only a month, and after the trailers we got for the game, I mean, it's just looking awesome, so I can't wait for that. That was probably my favorite out of E3.
0: You know what I don't get about the Kingdom Hearts games is how they have, like, Kingdom Hearts 2.0 Ultimate. Mm-hmm. You know, like, <laughs> it's a, it, is I, that just, like, the remake? Is I understand
1: how it could be yeah. very confusing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> There's a lot of the remakes on the PlayStation 3, and now we put it on the PS4 about a year ago. Those are called, like, for Kingdom Hearts 1, it was called Kingdom Hearts 1.5 remix. And then yeah. Kingdom Hearts 2 is 2 point. See, I got the box right here. It was Kingdom Hearts. Uh, yeah, 2.5. And then there's Kingdom Hearts 2.8, oh, <laughs> which is like a combination oh, okay. of some of the handheld games, like the DS ones. Yeah. So, yeah, <laughs> I can <season> understand how <laughs> those could get it easy. And then not even to mention all the handheld games with the titles, they have like 352 over eight days. What? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
0: 2 252 over 8 days
1: what i believe that's it Ew. it's some weird numbering <laughs> and titling of it that you know makes you scratch your head a little bit but it's just i'm not even sure the, i pronounced
0: it right it's just a re-release then
1: the yeah well yeah. the handheld like the one that's it's 358 over 2 days that's the exact name that was a ds game that came out but that was part of the remastered games they put in the collection on ps3 and ps4 Oh, okay so yeah the story I, it's really complex and even convoluted at some points if you haven't been following it and i've replayed those remastered games over the last few years but before kingdom hearts 3 comes out i'm probably gonna even have to do a refresher on the story <laughs> <laughs> just to make sure i'm up to date with what's going on in the sequel because there's a lot to it than just you know your typical New characters traveling to Disney World. There's a lot more <laughs> stories that go into it than that. So,
0: oh, so just like uh, different different universes yeah. and different versions. And different...
1: Kind of, a lot of there's time travel involved. There's oh, different no. versions of the same <laughs> characters. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. It's not as simple as you would think. Yeah. But another sequel that really stood out to me and I can't wait for it is from the Microsoft press conference is uh, the game Ori and the Wills of the Wisp. I don't know if you were familiar of Ori and the Blind Forest. It was kind of an old school 2D platformer, kind of like Metroid in Castlevania.
0: Yeah, i of vi- it. Yeah. The
1: visual art style on it was really good. It was just like a fantasy, like almost storybook, like illustrations you're looking at. Really cool. And then they showed a longer trailer and they had a demo out for the sequel, Wills of the Wisp. And man, it looks even better than that first game visually. Just the character models, the artwork, man, it blew me away. So I can't wait for that one. That's coming out in 2019 as well. And even though you weren't big on uh, Smash Brothers announcement, yeah. I, that got me really excited because I was hoping for a new Smash Brothers game for a little bit now where they would have one that has every single character in it. I think that's going to be <laughs> so much fun I mean, because certain ones we lost, like Snake wasn't in the last Smash Brothers. How, some,
0: you see, I got to stop you, Tim. How is that,
1: <laughs> that going to work out? There's just a lot of variety to choose from. Why not? <laughs> you've had him in there before. Let's just put him back in there. Yeah, I mean, but is he is he going to use... snake and Rayu versus Link? I mean, that's going to be awesome. Is
0: but... he going to use like guns, or is he going to use like
1: he has? He has like arts? a he has like a rocket launcher that he uses. And yeah, then, yeah. He, some of his weapons that he has. No, I guess.
0: <laughs> oh, so, uh, so, speaking of Gear uh, Solid, I am kind of excited for uh, Death Stranding the the kojima game
1: mm-hmm. yeah, now, that game i yeah. just i don't know maybe i just i'm not getting it <laughs> it just looks too strange and just it's strange not enough. Yeah. Uh, yeah but even the gameplay wise they don't show anything that makes me want to play it they just show someone walking around with like a a backpack or a canister <laughs> yeah
0: yeah like i i I know nothing about that game but it's yeah. and i'm followed i I've followed that game and still it's it's you know nothing about that game you know like Norman Reedus is, is going to be in it
1: yeah um and he's carrying a baby in a tube for yeah, some reason yeah it's like
0: some <laughs> some weird thing and like i don't know i mean i'm excited for it i just don't know what it is
1: <laughs> yeah oh, yeah, that one hasn't really grabbed me yet but yeah. it, the visuals the graphics on it look really good which yeah. you know should be expected for any kojima game oh
0: uh speaking of which i i did beat uh Detroit
1: Okay, how was that uh,
0: yeah, it's really good. if you like the um sort of the 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 Batman telltale games uh-huh you you're really gonna like detroit um,
1: okay'm really choices hard choices
0: <laughs> really hard choices to like uh you the the 'cause the characters can die right um okay. really early on like you can lose a character in the first uh sort of setup you know. So like it's it's super hard, and like every single choice essentially, plays into the ending. like like um, you're playing like this sort of care caretaker uh, robot, and you have to run out of a house and w- with a little girl, and you don't know if you should go through a window, if you should grab the gun, if you should hide, if you should go through the front door, if you should go through the back door. Um you should go through a bottom stairs window, you know. So it's it it's just like one of those things, like you, you, you have so many choices that it, it's it's almost like you panic, right? <laughs> <laughs> but uh it, it it really works out in the end. Like I I felt that like the ending sort of paid off uh really Box well ended. because there's some points in the game where it kinda just it's it's just you're literally talking to somebody like the whole scene you're just talking to somebody mm. but you know it pays off in the end um a little uh frame rate problems i don't that's why i'm curious like to see to see um someone play it on the the ps4 pro maybe it was made for that mm. um, yeah sure my regular ps4 it's it's more of a i mean it's it has some frame rate problems which which can cause us you to not run in the right direction you know <laughs> so yeah
1: I was speaking of the playstation 4 pro man i really want to get one before the new spider-man game comes out because that was the other one that really got me excited for i can't wait to play it and glad it's only just a few months away but man yeah. it looks amazing i can't imagine how awesome it's going to be on the ps4 pro is that an open Did world you? yeah uh-huh yeah. Mm. Did you happen to see the trailer they showed at the press conference? No, not yet. It was really cool. Just a perfect blend of cinematics, but with awesome gameplay footage. It's cool where he's in the prison, the raft, where he's entering there, but as he makes his way through fighting inmates. And the combat, you know, it looks like, you know, you could tell they're being influenced by the Arkham games, which why not? (laughs) It works so well for Batman. But when you combine it with, you know, Spider-Man's crazy agility and the moves he can do with his webs, it just looks really, really fun. But in the trailer, we show as he makes his way through the raft, he comes across several members of, you know, his classic rogues gallery. Like first he's chasing the Electro, then he comes across Rhino, then there's Scorpion, then he's tangled up with the Vulture. They all come together for like this, and just the gameplay as he's you know swinging through like collapsing structures through the buildings. It just it's like seamless how amazing it looks, and it comes like he's fighting all of them for. It was a cinematic sequence where he's going back and forth fighting the different villains. But I imagine there's going to be some gameplay in there. But eventually, they probably cut it. work this just cinematic for this trailer they put together for the press conference. But man, it looked so so good. I just can't wait for it. So that like like I said. For me, it's mainly sequels to games I already liked and <laughs> licensed games like Spider-Man that had me really excited for the C three. So, yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm really starting to like. I hate to say I'm losing touch with you know the modern gamers and modern games right now. But I just can't help it. Where I a lot of the new newer games and IPs like they're just not grabbing me or just gets gets me excited. I mean. I'm, just becoming an old man gamer I guess because like, like I said I just love seeing the new stuff from the franchises I know and love until yeah. I see something that really sticks out to me from something new because I mean right now the game I've been playing the last few weeks is the Street Fighter anniversary collection and I'm just having a blast with playing games that were from the 1980s and early 90s and mid 90s so just been lots of fun with those so that's I don't know, like again, probably showing my age here being like, back in my day, these old games were fun. They didn't look all good, but they were <laughs> 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 it was so much fun to play, but uh, that's just how I am right now, sad to say, but I don't know. Hopefully there's something soon that's going to stick out to me. Like I said, there's a few, Anthem and the Ghost of Tishima were the two new IPs, but when you're a hardcore gamer, or at least you really used to be, you're excited to get more great new stuff, and again, there's a bunch of new stuff that a lot of people are excited for out of the C3 but just not for me personally so we'll see hopefully hopefully next year we're hoping for new IPs I guess excited and steady's <laughs> new games that's what we want to see
0: I think they're making a Justice League game
1: I would hope so I kind of would prefer that over a Superman just a solo Superman game because yeah, giving them access to more characters in the Justice League I think they could do some pretty amazing stuff
0: yeah, so um, I guess that's our feature topic for this episode, Tim. Um, yeah, mm-hmm. and, and now we can move on to our news and discussion topics. And I'm going to combine the first two, which is that uh, Diane Nelson is uh, no longer president of DC Entertainment and Jeff Johns is no longer the chief creative officer of DC Entertainment.
1: Um, he yeah, has some shake-ups going
0: down, yeah, <laughs> to say the least. Big, big shakeups. I, I, I'm wondering why
1: yeah for diane nelson they said it was her decision because i remember a few few months ago where she kind of took a leave of absence yeah so i guess it just led to her stepping down but um you know with jeff johns to me that was kind of a disappointment but yet happy announcement because disappointment that especially on the movie fronts i really don't think he was utilized as much as he could have been to be a really strong force and creating a really great dc movie universe it was almost kind of felt like he had the title of at least for chief creative officer i know he's involved with a lot of things like the tv shows which he was involved with beginning especially for like flash and getting that off the ground and had success there but just and mainly what i'm going to talk about right here is for the movies almost felt like it was a token title or like his name was there as a token as being involved in it because i'm sure he was there to i don't know to clean up certain things as far as Working on like, clean up some of the scripts. I know, I know he worked on Wonder Woman, which turned out great, and Justice League. He did what he could, but it just seems like he wasn't given the full, you know, authority that I think he should have when being involved with those movies. So, you know, so kind of disappointed that that's not going to be the case moving forward with him not being heavily involved in it. But. At the same time, I'm excited that he's going back to being more on the creative side of things with writing more comics. And the thing that got me really, really happy about this announcement was that uh, they revealed that he's going to be writing the script for the Green Lantern Corps movie, which I can't think of a better person to be handling that script for Green Lantern Corps. And good to finally have something official about that, because we've heard rumors and names about certain people being involved. I think I know David Gloria was one of them, but um, The fact that now it's officially coming from, you know, the Warner Brothers head saying, you know, that Jeff Johns is working on the script for Green Lantern Corps has me excited. And just that, you know, even more on the comics front, too, Um, it was announced that he's launching like his own production company, Mad Ghost Productions. And if you go to their official website, it has a list of kind of all the projects they're working on. And Green Lantern Corps is on there and it actually has a little synopsis saying it's going to be, you know, uh, featuring Hal Jordan and Jon Stewart, which was the big rumor going on for so long about that so the fact that it's pretty much confirmed if it's on his official production website that's good to hear but also on the comics front too it said you know some of the projects he's going to be working on and one of them was the three jokers which you know was hinted and teased way back like at the end of uh dark side war i believe and touched on a little bit in beginning of rebirth but we haven't heard much about that i know that is something he threw in there so the fact that he's finally going to pay that off and finally get some answers of what this whole three Joker scenario is gonna be, is you know, finally gonna get for me anyway to get that information and learn about it, and th- the fact that it's gonna be coming from John's has me excited. So, again, kind of a feel two ways about it. Disappointed that he wasn't utilized to his full capabilities, I thought he can on the movie front, but glad he's gonna be doing what he loves more and be more on the creative side of things with you know writing the scripts and writing more comic stories. So, yeah, just you know, it was the DC movie front's gonna be on you know. They're shifting gears here, <laughs> getting new people involved, setting things up for the future, what they want to do, you know, with Walter Hamada being in charge of the DC movies now. And, and we knew changes had to be made, but as long as they get the house their house in order and what want a clear vision on what they want to do with these movies going forward, um, that should hopefully work out for the best. So we'll see. But definitely, you know, some big shakeups for some long time people who are involved with the uh, DC entertainment with Diane Nelson and Jeff Johns.
0: Yeah, and I think that's exactly what it was. You know, I think um Jeff Johns was just there just to have a na- name attached to or a comic name attached to the movies. Mm-hmm. You know. I I think he uh hit the nail on the head on that one. Um our next piece of news is that uh Jared Leto's apparently getting his own film. His own Joker <laughs> film.
1: <laughs> uh. yeah. <laughs> yeah, this is Oh, I never thought I'd say this, but it's getting kind of ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All these potential Joker Harley spin off movies. I mean, yeah, we got, first off, we got the announcement of, you know, the standalone Joker movie that's, you know, being produced by uh, Martin Scorsese, it's supposed, supposedly is going to have Joaquin Phoenix in it. Yeah. Um, which is a big name you're hearing, hasn't been confirmed yet, but, uh, you know, it's going to be separate from, the shared universe is going to be part of this new brand, like this Elseworld label they might have on it. That's going to have their own self-contained stories, you know, which, you know, I'm curious about, I think it could work. I don't know if it's the best, but I, you know, I'm willing to give it a shot and see how it goes. But I've said, I don't know the episodes, why I think it could and could not work. So I won't repeat it here. But, um, the one thing is you don't want to, I don't think you want to overuse the Joker too much. And first off with Jared Leto's version of, it was not my favorite i don't hate it like others do and i don't love it like i know others do and i never really was anxious to see that version of the joker in his own movie i wanted to see him you know go up against batman in the future like the batman movie where joker was the villain i would love to see that but the fact that you know he's gonna i don't know if it's an origin story or just a movie that's gonna take place after suicide squad just yeah doesn't have me too excited i think they're just milking the character of the Joker a little too much here. So uh, we'll see if this even happens, but it's just the fact that it's kind of on the table to like uh, kind of h- cool off a little bit on wanting to make all these different Joker movies. I mean, he's he's a special character and it's it's great when we see him on screen, but you don't want to overuse that, I think, and I, they're going to be in danger of doing that if we get all these, jo- these two Joker movies and if he appears, you know, in the Harley's Birds of Prey movie or Suicide Squad 2, it might be a little... Too much of Joker overkill and then if you have two going at it or there's two versions out there I think that not necessarily co- cause confusion but for me as a fan anyway it can might be a little frustrating where what if I like uh Joaquin Phoenix version if he is cast in the movie what if I like his better and I wish he was in Jared Leto's or in the shared universe and was <laughs> the in the universe where Jared Leto Joker's is instead so I don't know it can cause all, all this stuff that I don't, don't think the movies necessarily need right now so uh, we'll see if it happens but right now I can't say I'm too excited about Jared Leto Joker getting his own movie yeah I'm good yeah <laughs> I don't need to see that
0: um, again I'm going to combine two different uh, news stories um, uh, the, the first two images of Wonder Woman 1984 have been released and uh, the Aquaman um, or there's new images of Aquaman and the yeah. trailers, uh, gonna, sorry, the the trailer going to be at uh, San Diego Comic Con.
1: Yeah, which is cool. I mean, there was r- rumblings that we might get it really, really soon, but James Wan just took to Twitter saying, "Hey, it's coming at Comic Con," so at least he got the official word out there. But first off, going back to the Wonder Woman photos, I mean, I think it's just cool that you know production officially started, and Patty Jenkins and Gal Gadot both shared their own first looks at the film. And the one that Gal Gadot shared was, you know, kind of an interesting one. It's just Diana looking at a bunch of TV monitors, you know, like some are showing commercials, like some might be showing like news footage, but just her looking at a bunch of TV monitors. And we, well, we should say, too, that the title is officially Wonder Woman 1984. Yeah. I think they, can, <laughs> they both confirmed it on their on their tweets. And so, yeah, that was cool just to get a look at that. But then the one that really got me curious and scratching my head was the image Patty Jenkins shared where she, her tweet just says, welcome to wonder woman, 1984, Steve Trevor. And we see a picture of Steve Trevor played again by Chris fine, just standing in what looks to be in a mall. (laughs) And of course the big question is how is he there? Is that really Steve Trevor? I mean, this makes you wonder what they're going to do with the story. It has me intrigued. Um, And I'm kind of hoping because there's different scenarios you can go. It's that he survived somehow is, diana having like a dream or visions that she's seen steve but he's not actually there he's still dead is it you know steve like an offspring of steve trevor is a grandson or something like that which i hope they don't do because i don't like it where they have someone playing a relative like a son or a grandson but it looks exactly like their father or grandfather (laughs) i mean they're obviously when you're related you you know resemble your parents or grandparents but never do I think you look exactly <laughs> like <laughs> how your father or grandfather would look so I'm not too keen if they go that route but it, it is interesting to see how they're going to pull this off if, if it is in fact Lee Steve Trevor and I'm kind of have two minds on it where it'd be cool if he did survive somehow and to have him part of this universe moving forward but at the same time just, they're going to have to have a good explanation to how he survived and have it in a way that doesn't lessen his sacrifice that he made in the first Wonder Woman. So we'll see. But what are you kind of thinking of right now, Dane, as far as seeing Steve Trevor again and how that could be possible?
0: I'm not liking it. Um, If you look at, uh, say, Captain America, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I can't remember her name. Is it Betty? Uh, Peggy. Peggy.
1: Yeah, Peggy. She's
0: Carter. only in that one um, Captain America movie, right?
1: Uh, she did show up in The she, Winter Soldier.
0: But she's an older, yeah. age-appropriate lady, right? Mm-hmm, yeah. Yeah, so maybe... like,
1: And of so, course she so, had her own TV show for two seasons, but yeah, <laughs> taking yeah, place for the current timeline.
0: That, that has nothing to do with um, uh, the Captain America movies or the um, MCU at all, right?
1: Well, it's so, connected to it, but it doesn't, you know, heavily influence what happens in the movies. Like the TV yeah. shows never really do that.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, one good, um, I guess, piece of evidence that you can you can kind of put forth is that if they have their own TV show or they appear in a TV show, you know, hero or villain, they will never be in the movies. Like, so I, I, much, I, yeah. I guess they're not going to remake um, Ghost Rider. yeah I don't think so (laughs) um, so you only see her once you know the Peggy Carter that you know everybody knows right you only see her once you see her in Winter Soldier as an old lady but my point is that you only see her once and like I think they should go more along that line Um, where you only see Trevor uh, Steve Trevor once in uh, the first Wonder Woman movie not really liking the idea of like, oh, is that Steve? Tre- She's seeing visions of Steve Trevor. Like, I don't think we need that. I don't like you said. I don't. I I don't think we need, um, um, Steve Trevor's grandson or whatever. Um, so yeah, I mean, Patty Jenkins is pretty much the only person that I will say that's directing a DC movie. You know, uh, I'll go see it without seeing the reviews. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I'm just relying on that. Uh, yeah. But I, mean... I can also kind of see it where it's like, oh, you know, when he was in the plane, he got time traveled by Booster Gold. Or, <laughs> or, the, or the Flash showed up and took him out, you know, before before the plane, whatever, uh... you know. <laughs> I can kind of see that going down too. So uh, yeah, I'm not really liking that so far.
1: Yeah. I am glad though, that they just right off the bat said he's going to be in it again. Like I don't have, to have any yeah. speculation like, or cause there's already worse set photos of showing Chris Pine and Gal Gadot just walking down the street, like a different shot from that one of him in the mall. So I guess they wanted to get ahead of the the game and just say, yeah, he's definitely back, but we just don't know how yet. And like you said, in regards to Patty Jenkins, I mean, she, you know, after what she did with the first one, she earned our trust to at least go in expecting it, you know, to her to have a good enough reason to bring him back. That makes sense with the story. So unless, yeah. you know, after we see it and we don't like it, we'll, <laughs> I guess, reserve judgment for the choice of them bringing Steve Trevor back until then. But we'll just have to wait and see.
0: But I mean, I mean, you know, how, how can you not? She she's the only director that um, made a critically acclaimed film.
1: Yeah, you're the, right.
0: In the new DC
1: universe. <laughs> exactly. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but in regards to the Aquaman images, I mean, ET or ET, <laughs> E Entertainment Weekly, um, EW for short, <laughs> they just, I guess, our latest issue coming out is going to feature Aquaman and they've released some new images on it, which gives us our best look at the film yet before we get the trailer, of course. And man, I'm just loving the look of the film. Just mainly of Atlantis and how you know the atmosphere looks the costume designs that the characters are wearing we got our first look at you know uh Ocean Master and uh Aquaman as far as him and his you know new armor that he's going to be wearing but we didn't get in full costume but just seeing the helmet was enough Black Manta (laughs) I mean we got our first look at the helmet of Black Manta and was hoping they'd be comic accurate and man they're Being comic accurate on this one, (laughs) but they're going for the more, of course, there's been different variations of the Black Manta helmet, but they're going for the old school one here. And it man looks directly ripped from those pages of the Aquaman comic. So I'm really excited about how Black Manta is looking and just can't wait to see him in full costume. Then we got this other shot too, which was in those batch of photos that just, you know, teasing what looks to be an epic battle down there in atlantis where you got different atlanteans riding on sharks and others that kind of look like seahorses or or like sea dragons just ready to go at it with each other for this big battle and hopefully we'll get a tease of that in the trailers so it's aquaman's looking really good it looks loving the atmosphere and feel of atlantis and just you know how unique it's going to be for a comic book movie to get a story that's going to take place you know underwater and get some stuff we probably never seen before in these comic book films dealing with battles taking place on this scale underwater so yeah I'm really excited for how it's looking um for me I hate
0: to say it Tim but it kind (laughs) of does it kind of does the complete opposite for me um the more I see it the more I'm just not liking it um I don't know what it is. I mean, especially like that photo of, um, uh, Aquaman and, um, uh, what's her name? Uh, Mara. Yeah. Mara. Sorry. Mm. Um, just standing there with like a, a map or something. It just Uh doesn't look very good. Like, um, (laughs) like, (laughs) it's, it's like fluorescent. (laughs) Um, and and the black Manta helmet, it's, it 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 kind of reminds me of um just not just looking cheap uh kind of like a cy- uh, like kind of like cyborg you know like it it doesn't look very good if you really look at it i don't mm, know, I don't right know about I'm, I'm that look- <laughs> i mean i'm looking at it right now and it's the eyes like it yeah.
1: but that's how it's supposed to look yeah
0: that, right? I, I know it's supposed to look like that but like i don't know so, it's, you're
1: just not a fan of Black Manta's helmet in general.
0: No, not really, I guess. I, mean, I guess that's what I'm saying. And, like, um, Mara's outfit, um, its it, it, it looks like Elizabeth Banks uh, uh, in Power Rangers. <laughs> it looks like it, almost an exact copy of it.
1: Mm. <laughs> I could see I where you know. could maybe get that similarities between them, but I wouldn't say it's an exact copy of it yeah, so like the, the the more
0: I'm seeing these Aquaman photos uh, it's it's the more I'm like, okay, maybe I'll wait for it if it's
1: available for rent, you know, <laughs> at least give the trailer a shot, I mean,
0: yeah, yeah, things, I mean, things can be oh, appear
1: different when you see it in motion, yeah.
0: so yeah, of course, I'm gonna wait for the Aquaman trailer, but. I don't know, Tim. Yeah, I think these pictures have the exact opposite. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> apparently they me. do. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, that's it for our news. So now we can move on to our conversation with Alex slash listener feedback. And I do believe Jordan sent an email, Tim. Of course. Okay. Uh, you want to read that?
1: Yep. Jordan begins, as always, saying, Hey, Tim and Dane and Alex, if Wonder Woman 84 or Wonder Woman 1984 is going to be the title of the Wonder Woman sequel, I'm all in. Well, thankfully it is, as we were talking about. Wonder Woman 1984 is the title, and while in the case of the following, uh, while in the case of the following films, it wasn't the official title, it reminds me of how Superman 78 and Batman 89 are now often referred to as such in retrospect. Either Tom or Zach from DC Daily uh, dropped, uh, brought up on the that podcast that perhaps Wonder Woman 1984 is more likely to be the full title than Wonder Woman 84, since it is one of the a ton of domain names that warner brothers recently registered whereas wonder woman 84 isn't that would make sense but like i said i'd be down with either either so yeah wonder woman 1984 is the official title but i think wonder woman 84 is the official hashtag because or i should say ww84 because that's what patty Jenkins and Gal Gadot are using when they reveal their images just ww84 i want to correct something from the email i sent in the last episode I made an incorrect assumption about the version of Orphan appearing on Gotham. Apparently, that version of Orphan is not Cassandra Cain. My guess is that it will actually be David Cain, since in Batman and Robin Eternal, he went by that moniker prior to Cassandra adopting it. That actually makes more sense now that I think about it, given that it would match up better with the timeline of the character's ages in the comics. Plus, apparently it was a boy portraying the character in the Season 4 finale. Anyway, I'm still extremely pumped about this. Yeah, thanks for clearing that up a little bit, Jordan. That does make more sense when you say that, especially how that, you know, final the final tease they showed to the season four finale. Um, and yeah, I haven't read the Batman Eternal uh, weekly series that came out a few years ago, so I wasn't aware of David Kane being the first orphan before Cassandra took it in Detective, so that makes more sense if they're going to go with an older version and maybe be the David Kane version in Gotham. So we'll find out, but if... If we do get that revealed, I'll have you to thank for giving me the heads up on it. And he continues saying, speaking of Gotham, on Instagram, uh, Cameron Bikendova, I'm probably butchering that last name, but (laughs) (laughs) revealed that she had heard season five would consist of 10 episodes. That is, of course, three episodes fewer than what has been speculated. Someone brought up to Cameron that they had thought it would be 13 episodes, to which Cameron reiterated that she had heard 10 but that she wasn't sure and it could be 13. So what do I make of this? Given that Cameron is actually a star on the show, I'm inclined to believe she got her information from an accurate source. That being said, 13 does make more sense, because that would get Gotham to 100 episodes. They'd hit that mark at 12 and and allow for syndication. Due to that factor, uh, I'm not sure what to think. Well, we'll obviously find out officially eventually. I'm, of course, absolutely overjoyed that we're getting any number of new episodes, given that I was so worried that the show was going to get canceled after season four. But I'm certainly crossing my fingers. It's 13 rather than just 10. Yeah, I'm kind of thinking that maybe, you know, we were hearing 13 that was first officially announced, but maybe what Cameron's saying 10, maybe that she's only going to be 10 in 10 episodes while you know we're going to get 13 for the whole season so maybe she's just going to appear in 10 i don't know that's that's the way i'm looking at it right now until we get an official confirmation because the word was 13 before she said that so maybe selena is only going to be in 10 episodes of the 13 but like you said we'll see and with regards to your response to my question about favorite catwoman suits from my last email i definitely love all your picks i do want to take a moment to defend anne hathaway's suit though Because like I said, it's my favorite live action one. And honestly, my favorite period. She didn't just have the goggles in the Dark Knight Rises. She had a mask that the goggles would come down over. And I thought she looked awesome. Yeah, I don't think I mentioned the mask when I was talking about why it wasn't my favorite. Like I said, I just mentioned uh, the goggles, like you said. But even though still, even with the mask, I'm glad she had the mask. But still not my favorite. Uh, So this past Wednesday, as I'm writing this email, that is. I went to a Batman trivia night at Battle and Brew, which is this geek bar here in Atlanta. You can play video games there, they host cosplay nights, and they host geek trivia nights, for which this past week's theme was, like I said, Batman. Upon this being announced, I did what Batman did in Justice League and put together a team, which we, which we wound up calling the Birds of Play. Nice. <laughs> featuring, my, uh, featuring some of my Bat friends here in Atlanta. Rebecca from Supergirl Radio, Sark, formerly of the DC Films Podcast, Cammy from Arrow Squad, and Cammy's husband, Peter. If you guys didn't live across the country uh, slash across the ocean, I would have invited you to. Anyway, we wound up winning. Just thought I'd take a minute to brag about that here because it was a ton of fun and very exciting. There were so many bat questions. In between rounds, they played Batman-related videos on the TVs in the bar, and we just had a bat time chatting about Batman during the event, too. All the thousands of dollars I spent on comics over the years earned me a $30 gift card (laughs) that night. (laughs) Well, first off, congratulations, Jordan, on winning that contest with your team there. I did see some of your photos on Instagram, which was awesome. And it's really cool that uh, a place would do that and just have Batman trivia night. That's awesome. But yeah, I mean, there's a lesson out there, kids. All the thousands or hundreds of dollars you spend on comics. It can be worth it for a night like that for a whopping thirty dollar gift card.
0: <laughs> <laughs> to where? <laughs> to the store? Um, or to like uh, David's? Maybe, to, <laughs> maybe <laughs> just
1: those, you know sometimes you get those generic gift cards. Yeah, like oh, for anywhere. Like a
0: strip mall, like like yeah. any store in the strip mall you can go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I got I, I I have to follow Jordan on Instagram. You know I oh, yeah. I, I I keep on forgetting. If You're on about, there. You definitely have to, Dane. I, I I totally keep on forgetting about Instagram, like that. That's a thing.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I know you're on there, but I don't think you have any posts.
0: So <laughs> I think I have one, one okay. post. Yeah. So yeah, I gotta get get back on Instagram. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but Jordan continues saying, "Batman number forty-eight. Whoa! Spoilers. Something tells me this is going to go down as one of the most legendary Joker stories ever." Tom King just writes the character so, so well. Continuing on from DC Nation Zero with him now writing a more traditional version of the Joker, he's killing it. The way King depicts the unpredictability of sheer craziness of the, Joker's, of the Joker in Batman 48 is insane. My favorite part of the issue is the very end. It's what I've been really waiting for, seeing Catwoman come to save the love of her life from the greatest enemy. I love the sarcastic but sweet mocking she does in response to Batman having told her not to come with him to confront the Joker, but she comes to his rescue anyway. And I'm so ready for her to kick the Clown Prince of Crime's butt after all the sickening things he did in this issue. Only one more issue left before the wedding. I've just been in bat euphoria looking at all the beautiful bat covers for issue 50 that I've been getting revealed as of late. My absolute favorites are the primary cover by uh, Mikhail Yannin the art germ cover and the gene Lee Jim Lee cover the one by Lee in particular represents something that was established in I am suicide which is that when Batman and Catwoman are together the pain of their past uh, subsides it's that cover by Lee we see Batman and Catwoman simply embracing one another in the rain in a way that to me suggests that they were both in pain and now are together and finding happiness again in one another it's so beautiful a piece of news that dropped with regards to the Batcat wedding is that King will be on late night with, Steve, with Seth Meyers on Tuesday, June 12th, to discuss it. I'm writing this email on Saturday, June 9th, so this hasn't aired yet, but it will have by the time this episode is recorded and released. Even so, I decided to mention it in case you missed it. I'll certainly be checking it out as I'm so excited to see what King has to say about my OTP, yes, one true pairing, <laughs> finally tying the knot, Batcat cat forever from the first kiss to the last. Yeah, I did check out a little bit. I didn't see it when it aired, but I saw a YouTube clip of Tom King on Seth Meyers' show. It was a it was short but a fun interview. I mean, I just like that he's having comic book guests on his shows now. So it was fun to hear him talking about him being, you know, working for the CIA and being a comic book writer and, you know, teasing a little bit of uh, Bat, Batman and Catwoman's wedding. So it was a fun little interview, though. Hey, Tim, I can't find uh, Jordan. It should be Batfan Jordan, I I, I No, I, yeah, I just saw it. Okay.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Never mind, continue.
1: <laughs> so you officially have a new follower on Instagram now, Jordan. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but he continues saying, another thing that will have passed by the time you record and publish this episode is Gina Gershon's the voice of Catwoman on the Batman's birthday. But I wanted to call it out anyway because as, as of me writing this email, her birthday is tomorrow, June 10th. She did such an incredible job voicing the character on the show. And I'm wishing her a happy birthday. Okay, a couple of questions to wrap up this email. What is your ranking of every live action Batman film? I only feel that movies in which Batman is the tit. Uh, the tit uh, I'm not really good. I have a tongue twister there, even though know, it's such a simple word. Titular. Titular. Titular character. Go. are one of the titular characters should be included. So I'm not counting Suicide Squad or Justice League. My ranking is number nine, Batman the movie. Number eight, Batman Forever. Number seven, Batman and Robin. Number six, Batman 89. Number five, Batman v Superman. Number four, Batman Returns. Number three, Batman Begins. Number two, The Dark Knight. And number one, The Dark Knight Rises. Mine would be going from bottom to top. Number nine is going to be Batman and Robin. Then I go Batman Forever. Batman the movie. Um, Batman Returns. BVS. Dark Knight Rises. Batman 89. Batman begins, and then of course, The Dark Knight being at the very top. Which you know, <laughs> yeah. if I don't think it's ever going to get topped as my all-time favorite Batman movie, but if it does, that just means we got a truly, truly amazing Batman film. <laughs> if it gets yeah. surpassed The Dark Knight, that's going to be good for everybody. So, don't know if it'll happen, but hopefully it does, because that just means another awesome Batman movie. to But right now, Dark Knight's always going to be at the top for me. Uh, yeah, for me, Batman and Robin.
0: Um... Batman vs. Superman. Wow, below uh, Batman Forever. Batman Forever. Cause at least they were trying still. <laughs> um Batman the movie. Uh, hmm. Oh Tim, this is hard. <laughs> um Yeah, I guess 89. Uh Batman Returns. Uh Dark Knight Rises, Batman Begins, and Dark Knight. Tenth year anniversary, Tim.
1: Yeah, it's crazy. I mean, in July, it's going to be ten years. Yeah, Yeah, expect an episode celebrating that the next month. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so for Jordan's second question, he goes, what is your ranking of every Batman animated series intro? I'm only including solo, solo Batman series, so I'm not listing Justice League, Justice League Unlimited, Justice League action or any other series in which Batman appeared, but wasn't the main character, nor am I including the new Batman Superman adventures intro since that's kind of a weird situation where it's more so an intro for a programming block than it was for a singular series. Well, good thing you put that in there as a disclaimer, Jordan, because that new Batman Superman adventures would have been pretty high <laughs> on my list. Cause I love that intro, the visually and the theme. It's just so good. But Jordan's picks are, Number 10, The New Adventures of Batman. Number 9, The Adventures of Batman slash Batman with Robin the Boy Wonder. Number 8, The Batman Brave and the Bold. Number 7, Batman Beyond. Number 6, Beware the Batman. Number 5, Batman the Animated Series. Number 4, The Adventures of Batman and Robin. Number 3, The Batman Season 3 intro. Number 2, The Batman Season 4 through 5 intro. And then number 1, The Batman Season 1 through 2 intro. Yeah, I probably won't have that many since I didn't see all the the Batman intros. But for my list, I'm going to go uh, from the bottom to top again. Uh, Batman Brave and the Bold. I love the theme song, but visually it wasn't the greatest intro where a lot of it's just like Batman climbing on. You know, you just see the names of a bunch of the different characters and Rise of the Batmobile and he we'll climbs on top of them. So wasn't my favorite, but I love the theme song. Then Beware the Batman. That had a pretty cool look to it two like you know the red skyline background characters silhouettes and had kind of like a nightclub jazz type theme song which was different but worked pretty well for that intro and then number four i'm going to go the batman i love the guitar theme that plays for that intro i believe it was uh, written by the edge from u2 but it was still a cool little batman theme that was kind of different so i always like that one then number three the adventures of batman and Robin Number two, Batman Beyond, I love everything about that intro, the music, the the visuals with the introduction, I believe, it was storyboarded created by Darwin Cook, which was awesome. So Batman Beyond always had a great intro. I loved it. But of course, how can I pick anything other than the first Batman the Animated Series intro, which is iconic with, you know, a rendition of the Danny Elfman score, you know, remixed to, to Shirley's Walker's version of it, which sounds amazing. The visuals of Batman taking down those two robbers on the rooftop, the lightning at the end, it's, it's perfect. So it's just everything that gets you excited for Batman the Animated Series before episode even began. So that's, of course, has to be my number one. Uh, so
0: for me, I only remember two. Viewer <laughs> <laughs> um, of the Batman. And then, of course, the animated series.
1: <laughs> Probably only because Beware the Batman is the most recent. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> Do you remember the Batman Beyond one too much?
0: Oh, yeah. Right. <laughs> so, so I guess um, Beware the Batman, uh, Batman Beyond, and the animated
1: series. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> you just got to have three on there. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, if you didn't have, if I was allowed to do the new Batman Adventures and Justice League, those would probably be in my top five also. I'd put the new Batman Adventures just a bit over Justice League, but both themes are great. But that's going to do it for Jordan Zemo. As always, Jordan, thank you for sharing us your thoughts and the questions. And also, before we move on from listener feedback, I just want to give a quick shout out to our friends Rob Myers and Terrence O'Neill over at Robin Everyone Loves the Drake podcast. They just had an interview with uh, James. Tynan, I believe, is how you pronounce his name. That's what I learned on there. <laughs> We've been saying really? James Tinian the Fourth for so long, but in the intro, uh, James did a quick little, you know, introduction to the podcast and it was pronounced uh, Tin- Tynan. I'm probably still pronouncing it wrong, but it's definitely <laughs> not Tin- Tinian. So, uh, but it was a great interview. Definitely check it out. As James went into how about got into comics, how to writing, how he got into writing for DC, and the process of creating his really great run on Detective Comics once Rebirth began and great insight to choosing the roster like why he chose Clayface and just going into all that stuff so definitely a great listen so check that out
0: James Tynan yeah that's Tynan I believe it's Tynan Tynan yeah okay (laughs)
1: <laughs> I've got to remember that now whenever we, Sadly uh not going to be reviewing Any more b- yeah. <laughs> books of his from Detective Comics Now that his run's over but whenever he crosses Paths in the Bat Bat world again <laughs> I've got to make sure I pronounce his last name right
0: See that's weird I mean that's going to be weird like if he does Let's say he does the Batman book Right mm-hmm. So uh, we have Batman number 49 By James Ty- Tynan
1: James Tynan Right <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's it. i got to listen to it again to see how he says it, but that's, that's more accurate than Tinian. <laughs> you know what? Let's just call him JT.
0: Yeah, <laughs> JT4.
1: Yeah.
0: JT4. <laughs> um, so yeah, not, so, uh, speaking of comics, we can get into our comic book reviews. Like we say at the beginning of every single episode, this is going to contain a lot of spoilers for Batman number 48. So if you haven't read it yet, uh, you might want to pause it right here. And then go read the book. And then come back to this. Um, And a rating scale is going to be. uh, Different ways you can say James Tinian. Tiny and Tiny.
1: I'll say one of those. When I score this one. (laughs) It probably won't be right. (laughs) So yeah. Batman number 48. As Dorda alluded to in his email. Is the Joker appearing. And you know. Having to leave his mark. Before Batman and Selina tie the knot. So uh, first off. Heard a lot of buzz about this going into it. You know, Jordan in his email loved it. I've heard that from other people. So I was pretty hyped to get this Joker story because he has to be involved somehow, some way in Batman and Catwoman's wedding. So but right off the bat, man, this is probably one of the most, you know, dark, scary introductions to, you know, Joker's one of his crimes that he's committing. It's just really brutal and, you know. Almost kind of rough to take, but again, that's the Joker when he's at his worst. I mean it just begins with someone in the church just praying and you just see the words bang after each panel. Bang as he's saying different words for his prayer, bang, and then you just get dialogue people saying, No, no, please, like, ah, no, then bang, and the person's still continuing to pray. Then the last panel on the first page as he's finishing his prayer, you see Joker's gun behind his head. Then you get this big splash page at once you turn it you see the words bang, you see the back signal in the background of the Gotham skyline and this bats flying out of this church. So it just created this really dark, uneasy mood of introducing the Joker in the story with him shooting people amongst someone trying to pray, knowing that his life's going to be probably taken away by the Joker as well. So it's pretty heavy stuff there, but it's setting the stage for what's going to be, you know, Oh, I was hoping an epic Joker Batman confrontation. So Batman crashes in through the window and then we see Joker grab look, the bride of this wedding because apparently everyone was at a church for a wedding and Joker grabs his bride and he tells Batman, you know, don't move one inch. I'll I'll shoot the hostage. Don't move. And then he just shoots her. And then he goes, oh, wait, maybe I don't have a hot just like, like I used to like, oops. And that's kind of the theme that goes on with Joker throughout this issue. And honestly, that's probably my biggest nitpick or problem I have with the issue that I didn't set it as one of the all-time greats that i've heard the buzz going around it and i'll get to that a little bit as i go through as to why but um just a little bit of how joker was written here wasn't my absolute favorite amongst a bunch of other great stuff that was in there and this aspect of him took a took, just took a little bit away from uh you know from what i'm used to or from what i like to read of the joker so that happens a few times like i said where he takes a hostage he, he shot her and then batman just you know, whales on, he kicks them, he punches them. And then as Batman gets him on the ground, Joker goes, Oh wait, I got a hostage right here. And he sticks the gun to Batman's head. And then he starts, you know, saying like, don't move, don't go one inch or I'll shoot the hostage. And then he ends up shooting Batman in the head. And of course, you know, Batman's not going to be dead here. I mean, he has Kevlar armor, just tons of stuff in that couch that uh, even a gunshot to the head won't be <laughs> a fatal blow to him. But again, that takes Joker, you know, out of it for a second where he goes, oh, wait, I did it again. Like, darn it, I shot my hostage. And then he goes like, Batman, I know you're still alive. Like, wake up. And of course, Batman wakes up. He kicks him again, uh, gets him on the ground, throws a battering in his face to try to take him down. But then Joker has one more hostage he can take himself. So he puts the gun to his head and it says the same thing. Don't move one inch. Don't move or I'll kill the hostage. So Batman just stays back. And so the reason I don't like that is just, it just seems that Joker is being a little too. Uh, see, I don't want to. S- maybe "stupid" is a wrong word to use, but I just don't like how he's being confused by himself, where he's shooting the people and he's surprised by it. Because I, c- I can understand it, where there's if Joker, let's say he shot the hostage after he was saying, saying that, but he he reveals something or say something where he meant to do it. He wouldn't be surprised that it was an accident. It just seems a little unjoker like that. He's surprised that he's shooting like the hostage Batman on accident. And he's like trying to catch, he catches himself after the fact I would have liked it if he does it, but he knew what he was doing. Like he always meant to shoot the hostage and Batman there, but it just, I don't like how it's just making him almost feel, you know, aloof or just, you know, kind of dumb in a way that it, this is, going he's doing that and surprising himself so that just the one aspect of this issue that didn't quite work for me but what i did love is the dialogue he had between batman over the course of the issue as he's taking the hostage batman is a hostage himself as a hostage just telling the story about he's saying it's his mother's that's his last words before he killed her but then he confuses it with maybe someone else he was killing kind of throwing into that idea of Joker making up these stories and creating these histories or mixing things together. So I do like that aspect that you're not really sure of what he's saying here is true, but basically pretty as much saying how he's referring to it as his mother about, you know, finding true love is really like, the only way to go. And he makes a comparison of how she told him about finding a story about uh St. Augustine and how she was saying how there is only two powers in the world. There's God, there's good, evil, God, Satan. And then he goes Batman, Kite man, using <laughs> Kite Man as the ultimate villain or evil uh, in comparison to Batman's good. That was a nice little throwback there, which I thought was pretty funny. But just that, you know, um he's saying how she told him how there is there is salvation. There is a pet, a paradise. And once you find it, you head towards it. And he compares that to to love. But with that, everything else is just chaos. And that's how he's kind of comparing Batman and Catwoman. He sees their love and he represents the chaos. Everything else, as they're striving towards that, you know, paradise they're looking for. So good stuff there. And then there was a pretty, you know, interesting moment I didn't see coming. But visually, it was pretty striking. As Joker is saying all this, he goes to Batman, you know, just like, please kneel with me and pray with me, Batman, as he has the gun held to his chin. So Batman goes down, kneels, puts his hand, you know, in the prayer form, and, you know, <laughs> he's praying with the Joker. And it was just striking visually. And, you know, they both say amen once Joker is done. And again, it, I'm a little torn on this sequence, too, because, like I said, visually, it's pretty striking, and it's pretty impactful knowing the relationship that Batman and, and the Joker have had over these years. But I just don't like the fact that, after the horrible things joker did in this issue killing all these people at a wedding batman saw him take a bright hostage and just shoot her and then was like dumbfounded after didn't realize he did that i think if i were batman anyway if i saw joker doing this um you know even though he has the gun to his head batman kneels down and there's a panel here where like batman's kneeling with him he has his hands in the prayer gesture batman's looking at him I felt he can easily just knock that gun out of Joker's hands and just subdue him there. I mean, that would have been my first instinct after all the horrible things Joker did at the beginning of this issue. But, you know, I guess Batman was playing the long game here. Didn't want to jeopardize anything as far as Joker shooting himself. But I just felt Batman easily could have done that. It just it stood out to me more here because of the vile things Joker did in this issue. But before Batman could do anything, an explosion goes off in the church as Joker reveals he put a bomb in the cross. And so uh, uh, once that happens, Selina Kyle uh, is seen, not necessarily seen exactly what's going on in the church. She's on, you know, several buildings down, but she sees the explosion, and the smoke coming out of the church. And this is what Jordan alluded to in his email of her saying, you know, repeating what Batman told her, you know, stay here. He's not like anyone else. He's too dangerous. He'll hurt you cat. And then, you know, Catwoman's not going to heed Batman's words here. She knows he's in danger after that explosion. And she just uh, jumps off and is about to go save him. So yeah, this was a really good issue, but those two little nitpicks I've had kind of keep it from being truly great and giving it a five, but overall just, some good stuff with joker and batman especially the dialogue that joker was uh, you know lecturing batman pretty much about and you know and again that was one thing i forgot to mention where they were kneeling and praying after they say amen joker goes am i your best man because that's kind of what's started this whole thing jordan alluded to that zero issue which was a really great look at the joker waiting for his invitation you know at, at someone's house waiting to get that invitation from batman and Catelyn went to the wedding. And so, you know, just the deranged mind of Joker, how it works here, you know, is pretty. I like what Tom King's doing it and how he's going about. I just didn't like the hostage scenario, how he kept shooting the different hostages he had and just wasn't prepared for it. So that might just be my own little nitpick. But I did take a little bit away from the issue for me. So I'm going to give this one. Four out of five uh, ways I mispronounce uh James Tynan's correct name as James Tinian <laughs> or otherwise. So.
0: All right, so that's it for um this episode. Make sure you go over to the batmanuniverse.net, Facebook.com slash Batman Universe, Twitter handles which, at Batman Universe.
1: Which you should say real quick. Yeah. big congratulations on the batman universe comic podcast reaching 250th episode there are 250 episodes as they just released it a few days ago as we're recording this podcast so yeah. definitely check it out
0: um and um i forgot where i left off oh
1: <laughs> sorry i interrupted you there Dave. i know
0: <laughs> and um you can follow us on twitter tim's twitter handles at tim g i'll say it tim oh, thank you because i know you're going through a tough time um, and, I much appreciate it. <laughs> and uh, my Twitter handle is at Dane Says Bananas. Uh, and the show's Twitter handle is at Batfans Podcast. And you can email the show at batfanswithoutpants at gmail.com. So, with that, like we see at the end of every single episode, Tim,
1: we love each and every one of you. with our bat and video game hearts.
0: <laughs> I like that. Video game
1: hearts. <laughs>